Yo, yo, what's good? Um, we back with another YMD Fireside. I'm with my boy Chapu. We just chopping it up. Got the Um And, um, you know, talking about life and everything. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, so, how you doing, man? Uh, how's it going? Yo, what's going on, everybody? My name is Victor Borgia, also known as Chop. Chop Beats, a.k.a. Chapulin Colorado. You know the fucker vibes we out here with my boy Tony Fucker Drifting. Thanks for having me, my boy. Appreciate that. Of course, of course. Thank you for being on, man. You know, I always appreciate people coming in and sharing their experiences and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, But yeah, tell us uh, us more more about yourself, man. No, yeah. uh, So, um, yeah, like I said, my name is Victor. I uh, I work in the music industry. Um, I am a uh, scout A&R, underground junior philosopher. And uh, entrepreneur, um, I have degrees in political philosophy and uh, uh, master's degree in international affairs and media studies. I, uh, I specifically work on sound um, engineering and uh, sound understanding and um, kind of like the philosophies behind creative development and, and artist upbringing through agency and, uh, and just uh, quality of marketable demand. That's tough. That's tough. Um, so, um, you do the you have to do these you wear these many different hats. Um, one of the different hats you wear is um, the head of Bushwick Productions, right? That's right, Bushwick. Um, uh, and uh, tell us about what that entails. What that's like. What that means. You know, break it down to me like I'm a kid, man. Like, tell me everything about it. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. No. Shout out Bushwick. My entire family, Bushwick. Yeah, so Bushwick Productions comes from a, uh, just like a, uh, I'm the founder and uh, the co-operator, uh, my partner, Matt, uh, he's the, another operator. He's an artist himself, goes, goes by Mula. Um, we co-own the company. I founded Bushwick because of my, I guess you can say it was like kind of in due time um, from my experiences and my networking in the music, in the music world. Um, I noticed there was a lot of potential with the work that I've done in the past. Um, I come from the schools of, uh, of I well, Aesop Yams, rest in peace, someone who we follow a lot in the sure. city and uh, who we had indirect and some some sort of direct uh, um, sort of connect with and the way we were building and developing music in New York City um, in 2000 and seven, eight, and nine, there was these um, rap battles that were happening in Harlem and different parts of the cities in Brooklyn. And uh, and so it was like an interesting thing. I was involved in into attending these things to, as, an, as an expectator. And then during school, I started documenting it more and through academia by um, opening spaces with um, the Wall Street Journal or um, Politico and different magazines that kind of could have had sort of vision to the streets that was how that, that was literally where it started where i kind of wanted to have modern journalist culture modern um media culture sort of focus on what's going on in the uh, in the up-and-coming life of hip-hop of the time we were i i saw it as kind of like a like a like a open space for hip hop because when you had this transition of uh, you know bravado macho bravado sort of like raps uh, 
you know, we call it like the, the transition from baggy jeans to skinny jeans. You had a different sound. You had a different shift, uh, a, a shift in of sort of like development. And I think that in, in that transition, I feel like it took like about three to four years for hip hop to actually become this shape. And so like from 2005 to 2008 and nine, you had music, you had hip hop, but you had this new thing brewing. And I, I kind of saw that. And I was also an adolescent too at the time. So I kind of saw that growing. And then you had the rise of ASAP Mob with Rocky Ferg and... So it kind of gave us a whole momentum where I had an expertise. I started working directly in management of low tier ASAP uh, mob uh, artists, started working with Ty White, started working with um, ASAP and uh, um, got to learn a lot from 12 a bunch of different people of, of the time, Young Syrup, a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of them who, who had a vision. Young Syrup, for example, was someone who, who Yams believed was going to be like this whole crossover Latino punk street shit that we see MGK rocking. That was Yams thinking that shit like 2010. And so shout out Young Sarah, man, like wherever he's at right now. I don't know where he at, but um, these are the people who actually saw a different, a different sound of, of, for the culture in 2009. And so growing up with that and being able to work around that led me to eventually in 2018, I ended up working with Bodega Bams. I got work at Ola hired me to work with their, with their, uh, uh, with their team that were campaigning on Reebok with little baby when he was just coming out and stuff. So all of these sort of like approaches, Sweetie was part of that too, uh, J-I-D-K. And all of these sort of approaches to the music and my experiences in the industry said, you know what, I gotta, I gotta do something for myself. And so Bushwick came about, I had done a couple, couple of tracks already with people. I had collected a couple of royalties and I'm, I'm still living off of them too. So that's pretty cool. Shout out to them. Um, but, uh, but that just started doing something for my own, you know, and then that's what, that's what Bushwick started. And also mainly, to put my ear on the ground and to allow my ear to then move muscles of my body for these people who I believe sound like they could be something that in the future would, would sound, uh, uh, you know, uh, for popular culture. But, but that's what it was. It was really the hunger and the need to create something for a community that I noticed 10 years down the line was looking to thrive the same way I saw communities thrive in 2009. That's tough. That's really tough. Um, okay. That, yeah, that's, My that bad sounds if awesome. I go on okay. rants, bro, that's just how I nah, think. Nah, bro, look. Nah, hey, walking like I talk it. We want you to speak your authentic truth on the, on the fireside, you know what I'm saying? So, um, please. And that's actually, man, you kind of gave me a lot to think about. I was like, okay, what's a good follow-up question? Because, you know, I got these basic-ass questions. So, <laughs> I'm trying to sauce it up. But, um, you know. Um, yeah. But so what I want to know is why specifically Bushwick? Like, what is your background um, in your like just everyday life? Um, what shapes Bushwick? Because I want to I want to kind of get a little deeper into that um, more. But there's some other things I want to touch on, too. So, um, but yeah, why Bushwick? Yeah, no. Um, so Bushwick, 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 Bushwick. I so I'm I'm an immigrant to this country. I came in here in 1996 when I was uh, 13 years old. Um, I I landed in Queens. I was I was I was originally I was an Elm, I was an Elmhurst Queen uh, Elmhurst kid. East Elmhurst, the hell Elmhurst. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, so grew, I grew up in uh, I grew up in uh, Jackson Heights and East Elmhurst. Those shout out to everybody from out there. Man. Shout out all my niggas from out there. Man. All my peoples. 
Um, I got tons of family friends, close friends, friends that got kids now and shit that are from there. So shout out my Queens family. I got them in my heart. Like they, they shit on me all the times. They think I'm a Queens kid because I'm pretty much a, a inner bore fucking child. I'm a, I'm a 278 Queens, Brooklyn Queens Expressway kid. They had a tattooed on me and all that. But I'm a, I'm, I'm a Brooklyn Knight. I'm a Brooklyn Knight. My, my, I came into, as a, as a migrant, my, my, my parents came into, to uh, Jackson Heights and East Elmhurst, and we lived in uh, we lived on 90th Street and then 93rd Street, and it was quickly after that, about like two years, three years later down the line after that, that we moved into uh, into a uh, into another. Uh, we moved from there to uh, to Brooklyn. So in Brooklyn, uh, we moved to Bushwick, and then Bushwick is 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 the town that they that they like the the borough that they moved into. We moved in on Wyckoff, and and we were there since '98 to be exact, and that was uh, that's what it was. So I, I've been there since '98. I've been a Bushwick night since '98. Same spot, uh, same neighborhood, same everything. Yeah, that's so that's why Bushwick. Bushwick is Bushwick. Bushwick is me. I'm a resident from out there. Okay. I migrated to Queens. You good? Shout out Queens. You know what I'm saying? But quickly after that, I moved out. I moved into Brooklyn. Um, there was one of the most industrial parts. Bushwick was very industrial in '98. My parents went out there, moved out there to start a little business and shit. And uh, I've been I've been in the hood ever since, bro. I've been in Bushwick ever since. Where? Where? So, um, tell us about some of your like uh, your influences as far as music. And even within, you know, the industry and stuff like that, like what are some or who are some people who, you know, have shaped your perspective and all that stuff like that? Sure, yeah. Um like music's always been around me for forever. I I think I think um shout out Audi for from Ecuador, the old OG. Not that I know him or anything, but like shout him out because at the end of the day, he was a he was a he was a transnational person who had family in the Bronx and he came out here for vacation one time in like eighty eight eighty nine and he brought back uh, some sounds that like he, he he's an artist that he started he got signed he's huge he's got signed and everything um, down there but like brought hip hop for the first time in the same vision that the Bronx was bringing it during the same time so I think that helped a lot of of us growing up in 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 Ecuador, liking music. So I, I was one of those, one of those people who picked up, um, uh, the, uh, the LP is called Bago Soy. And it's just this, this kind of hip hop song about, um, how, you know, you're just mad tired and lazy and you don't want to wake up to go to class. And you're just like, you know, your mom's on your ass about waking you up to go to class. And you're like, just leave me alone. And, and, and it's a hip hop song. And it kind it's just like, it, it was, it went viral in Ecuador, man. And then, and, and Everybody understood hip hop as like a sound, and that's what influenced me to like and be who I am right now. And so I think I think that considering those times and considering that association, one of my biggest influences I feel to be um, I, I'm assuming McCartney and the Wings. They 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 played a lot in my in my household. Um, I played my own records. Obviously, I played a lot of a lot of hip hop. I played the Fugees um, a lot. I, the score was out um, before I moved. Uh, to the United States, and uh, I was already listening to it at home. Um, so I think I think uh, uh, Lauren Hill, uh, Paul McCartney, um, a lot of Wycliffe John. Uh, he ends up finding he ends up finding Beyonce and Destiny's Child. You know, 
um, these are these are just uh, kind of like my influence, my influences, and and in hip hop, and and that, I think absolutely in terms of lyrical lyrical damage, and then lo- knowing the history of of their sound, I think I think Tupac yeah. will be another one. Um, considering his, his, like I said, his his lyricism and, and how and how he took mu- control of music in a different way, I think I think his background also shows his his talent and intellectuality, and beyond just the fact that he's just you know one of the most modern um, martyr goats of our sound, but he's more than that. You know, he was a, a, a real thinker of music and most deaf for sure. You know, most deaf. He's, he's and the gorillas. I love the gorillas up and down and Radiohead. I fuck with Radiohead too. So I could go on, bro. Well, these are bands nah, that I, I still listen to that. I've been listening to since I was a child. All these people. No, I feel that man. I mean, those are all really great, you know, um, Great artists. I mean, like I love Most Def. Um, you know, I think uh, Aaron Ruder. Yeah, like I feel like. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Lauren Hill, uh, White Club John. You know, like all great. You know, like the Gorillas, underrated. You know, um, but you know, I feel like there's just a lot Super. of like great music that just has existed, um, yeah. especially in the time you said that you were growing up. Like you know, I grew up in like the early 2000s to, to, you know, early 2010s. And so it was a different era. Um, and while there were some good things that I grew up on, I think, you know, there's such a specific sound. It's such a, like, a, you know, it, it's never as, like, shiny as we remember it to be. But I feel like um, as far as just how that era felt and how that music felt, um, there's just something that's really warm um, about it. Like, or, like, enjoyable about it even if you weren't living through the era like you can feel some of the stuff and like i experienced some of it but not a lot of it as like a fully formed adult you know what i mean so no that's interesting that's a fact i remember listening to biggie and tupac not not knowing anything well not necessarily biggie that much because i remember i remember listening to biggie I've, I've been listening to tupac since like since like 93 94 because of because of cousins and shit right and like people who put me on in ecuador mm-hmm. and and biggie obviously but like I didn't really, really know about the impact of Biggie as a as as a cultural analysis, and then the connection of the duo and their deaths, and and me also as as an as an existentialist person, or maybe I mean we're all existentialists, but like me having that existentialist sort of like crisis during that time, I was like twelve, eleven years old, um, you know, thinking like, damn, death and culture and. So I, I, when I came here, I, I kind of made the connection about Biggie and then Tupac and I learned about Biggie and then I thought, wow, like, this is really cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? This, this, you know, I don't know. I just, it just kind of like, I remember having like a whole year and a half of me just being really new to the country and just wanting to listen to DJ Clue like crazy. <laughs> Shout out DJ Clue, bro. That's another, that's another come up for us. If, you, if you're from New York City, you know what I'm talking about. And if you listen to music since the times, DJ Clue. The great one. Yeah, no, DJ <laughs> DJ Clue is definitely a legend. Um I mean, like, I didn't grow up on him, but I mean if anybody if you if you know music, you know DJ Clue and his impact on New York and the music scene in general. So I feel that. But yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. So um before we get too far into the whole ethos of music and stuff like that and pathos and all that shit, let's uh, talk about, I want to give as much spotlight to you and your initiatives and the people you're working with and stuff like that. So 
Uh, tell us more about, you know, the type of people you're working with. Um, oh, thanks. And your professional, you know, of course, bro. Um, all that stuff like that. Yeah, no. Um, so we pretty much look like a lot of people could confuse Bushwick to be like a label or, you know what I'm saying? Something like, you know, like it, it really, uh, sometimes it's really hard sometimes to define it. It's like, obviously we want to control the production, not because we want to have control of the production and ownership. We control the production so we can have a cohesive project where multiple people sort of participated in to create a massive work that becomes a record. And I think, I think that's different and labels do it. That's an engine that labels do it. Yes. And, and we are now think, you know, thanks to a lot of hard work and a lot of due diligence, we're now venturing with, with labels. We have projects that are on NDAs right now that we can speak about it. We have clients that pay us a certain level of money. So obviously there's a, there's a satisfaction that's connected to capitalism and it's connected to marketable value. Like we get that, but but our, our, our job is to, or at least our intent is to create timeless records, like to create a hit where people are like, where's that from? And then you being that person and saying, well, we kind of did that out of nowhere. And I feel like people are already having that, especially in this time of age. We're living at a time where obviously there's a lot of independency in this industry, but like you have independency, but it's, and we can talk about it as we, as we go, but we have independency that's kind of like, really that stuck in the middle. It's like we have a distro kid that does that, that for example, puts out content, but doesn't really, or makes money off of not allowing you to understand that it's more than just shelving something. It's, it's about putting it in the, in, in, you know, in the front of the store, making sure that it's, it's visual for other art, for other people to see it. Right. So product sell, product content, product creation is a very critical thing that a lot of us, because we don't either go to school, we don't have the assets for it or, we don't sort of have a, a representation for it, or we're not necessarily learning about it. We're just having fun. And so that after a while it becomes that. And so talented people, um, all of all in the cracks of all this stuff, because people tend to think that they're just having fun and they don't become who they become. And a lot of people don't have time to be investing into other people's dreams. It's just a fucking reality. And so, and so, Bushwick is, is, is that man, like Bushwick is a company that attempts to fill that gap for other people, entities. And we mainly work on sound creation and, and visuals. We make, we work on what we know as the music industry kind of as a whole, but we have other projects we work in. We work behind the scenes, my partners and I, and I have a team, we have a team of like about maybe eight to kind of 13 people working, um, some on payroll, some interning. And, and it's, it's, it's not just me. Um, and so shout out to them, shout out to all you guys, you know, shout out to Joey, shout out to, you know, Kim, shout out to, um, just everybody, you know, I hope they don't get mad at me when I don't name them all down the line. Shout out to Nancy, uh, shout out all of you guys that help put all this stuff together is what is, is, is key to what we do and the success that we do. So with that said, Bushwick Productions is really like an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship system where we learn uh where we teach sorry uh uh artists to learn how to take control of their music assets not by just showing them the royalties and then partaking into the into the cashing out on them but more like having them understand how to go about putting a record out and what it takes for that to happen it started with releasing content it started with just 
let's make a record, let's put it out, let's create this, let's create exclusive projects, let's do, let's let's just try to push boundaries, let's have a different takes on these things. Like, and now it's 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 really sort of like an elite system where if you know that you're working with us, you're you're in the right track, on the right track. That system led to us to have um, uh, kind of like these venture deals and distribution. We distribute through uh, Music Junkie. Um, shout out to them. Shout out everyone that works out at Music Junkie. Um, uh, they're connected. We're connected with Music Junkie through Authentic Empire. Shout out to Authentic Empire. Shout out Boom Man. Shout out everybody out there. Um, shout out Black. Shout out Rick. Shout out all you. Um, uh, so people are an authentic believed in the dream that Bushwick had to have a year and a half ago. It's pretty much it. A lot of, we get a lot of, a lot. I remember us, we, we was, we was pitching a lot and this is going to get to who the artists are and what, well, who we are. Cause at the end of the day, like we have a roster and the rosters change. So it's not really mm-hmm. about, Oh, look, I'm working with these a certain amount of people. I have people who are in, not in my roster, but like I'm doing tons of work with. We work with all sorts of clients and all artists are clients and we're open for business. Shout out chat at Busher Productions at C-H-A-A-A underscore P-U. Um, holla at me if you need me. Rates and values. And of course not. not. Um, but in reality, we do create a roster of people who become clients of us, but, but, but that we have a certain focus. It's like what we call the, 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 the fielders. Right. We have artists who we, we, we not, we don't have to, but they, well, we, there's a system of benching where they wait to go on the field because of the creation that they have and because of the quality it partakes with what's going on. Um, so the fielders are, you would normally find them on our bio or on our website. If you go to bushproductions.com, so the artists, you can find them there. But our fielders are the representatives of the sound that we want to take and what we, what we know as a productive company that, that means good business. And so right now, um, we've, we've, we've stopped working with some contracts have finished that we haven't renewed. Um, but, uh, right now we have, uh, a couple of artists out in, uh, in, um, in Brooklyn, New York and Queens, New York, shout out 20 bands, shout out misfit, um, uh, shout out my whole team at Far Rockaway. Shout out Far Rockaway rock stars. Far rock stars. Shout out of uh, uh, Bobby. Shout out Ricky Moon. Shout out um, um, all of you, man. Like everybody in Queens. And we have people in Arkansas. Um, we have Mula, who's our main flagship artist. He's one of our, he's actually the main representative of Bushwick. He's too thick and thin. If there's anybody, if you ask me like who are Bushwick artists, I would definitely start with Mula. I will continue with Misfit. I would say 20. Um, I would say, um, shout out Jay Lewis. He just recently hired us in January. We started working with them for a year project. It's going to be amazing. We have a lot of shit in store. Um, so he's doing his thing. Shout out him. He'll definitely be in the roster. You would say out on the field. And, um, and we got so many, man. We got, we got different sounds. That's the thing though. Like I have a guy who sounds like Juanes. I don't even know if you know that, but like he's from, uh, he's from Colombia and he's, he's also transnational. He lives out here. His music is way different. We just we just um, hired Nadia uh, Blevins. Um, she goes by Nadia Simone. So shout out to her. She's about to start dropping. She's from North Carolina. Um, we just signed this artist from out here. We believe in him a lot. His name is J.M. Trippin. Um, shout out to him and shout out Jay. He's, he's he's fire as you can see. We just recently, if you look at our our content, we're just releasing a couple of things for him. 
Um, so he's up next with us too. So these are the fielders, man. Like these are the people who we work with directly, um, and and who who have like 100% investment on time in um, Bushwick and they're continuing to develop to bring the brand up. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, that's what's up. I feel like that's definitely a uh, powerful kind of like thing that you speak about. Yeah. Like just like bringing people like or bringing your artists together and like kind of elevating them through like, I don't want to say the ancillary thing. I think all these things are very important, but those, those elements of marketing and, and brand creation and, and learning how to what you have to go through to kind of get things out there um, that most artists don't know. Like these are things that I still am learning myself. And so, you know, um, I think what you do is, is important. That's, that's cool. And you know, um, shout out to all those artists that you named. And those Appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Shout out to them and shout out to you guys. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I had another question for you. Um, that you kind of allude to as far as, you know, it's not necessarily about the profit driven model that we're often um, given, but um, creating music that lasts. Um, like we had a conversation uh, back in the summer um, in the DMs about just music creation and the process of what's good and creating soundscapes. And so I wanted to like revisit that and kind of get some of your thoughts because you had some interesting things to say. And, I, you know, I wanted my audience to hear that. No, hell yeah. No, I think, yeah. I mean, touching on that for sure, because at the end of the day, like, ah, oh man, like, it's almost like saying, like, I don't know where to, where to start. Like, if do, do should we, like, for, like, first of all, thinking of sound and sound creation can lead you to understand, like, why people are making the shit that they do. Like, why are we creating sound? Like, why... Why is it that, like, we just learned in the documentary? I mean, so a lot of us just learned. I used to criticize um, Kanye West a lot, now going as Ye, and I tend to res respect his vision now more. Not necessarily the way he's seeing market marketable assets now, but, like, what it takes. Like, if you, there's something to, to take away from that documentary, it shows, like, these are the experiences that actually goes, that, that we actually go through, that actually goes down. You have to steal your homies like in a good way like please can i use your studio to punch this line and like <laughs> you have to come and pave your way in like you have to and back in the day when you had like when there weren't even imax yet like it was way more difficult you couldn't bring your laptop put it in. you really had to use the mix where you really had to take so over someone's face you really had to fight for your space in the studio and i think to to shift the sound that's what I, that's what i mean by yeah right like yeah was yeah. a sound shifter Gay was whatever, genius and all that, but like sound shift of shirt. So that requires sort of like a, a, a like, a, like, a, that requires a, a, a certain level of dedication that a lot of us don't get it. And I think I, I, like you said, I allude to it by saying like, there's, there's this thing called having fun with it and having fun with it has led to us assuming that shit is real when it's not. It's, I, I this is what I call post-truth. In a post-truth world, we have situations where we fake it till we make it, not because it's like, I'm telling you I'm really good, and you may not be good, but you get in the studio, but it's, no, like, people come out with fake chains, people come out with fake drip, people come out with, like, shit on the internet that's fake, and it's like, it doesn't lead to nowhere but the moment, and I think that's, that affects culture and sound. Maybe right then and then, when there was shifts that was affecting it because people were like really adamant about music. 
Now they're more really adamant about product build. And then because of that, you don't have the right audience. And that confusion is what fucks up your money. Because at the end of the day, audience is what brings the money. And the hardest thing to do is getting the audience. And so, uh, and so to answer, I guess, kind of like to the question, I know reason why I say that is because, um, the development of audi- the development of audiences allows you to bring a natural asset. You do music for the love of music, and people will just fuck with you. And that, my friends, is why all these people become rich. And that could happen to you. You can catalog, and you can become really popular. Because you shit, finally, like, an audience is like, wow, you're so natural that, like, people really are, like, fucking with me. Like, oh, that's crazy. And uh, as you can see, you can find that natural in everything and everyone. Like, from cooking shows, from, like, people who are just, like, there's a dude who just sold mad, made mad money off of NFTs by selling ticket pictures of himself every day for three years. And he sold each at, like, $3. And now he has, like, three million bucks or whatever. Right? So, like, yeah, yeah so it's, like, so uh, so that's the first part, right? Creation of sound to get audiences the wrong way, not getting audiences, but shifting sound and culture. And the reason why I say that is because when you look at culture, when you look, what we were discussing was the differences between having sound, like the sound experience, and then having the actual physical sound. So the experience of a sound connects with relativity, connects with, you know what I'm saying, moment, time, all that shit, right? But like, the audience of that sound have nothing to do with the actual creation of the sound. Yes, they're fans. Yes, there's people who are like, oh my God, don't give me anything different. Yes, those are limited. I'm talking about timeless shit. I'm talking about like the Paul McCartney shit, like what we started talking about, the Lauren Hill shit. That's some shit that if you really want to transfer from soundscape to, to a sound composition... That's what we were discussing. It's like, what the fuck is that? Like, is is that in the air? Is that like a physical attainability? You know. So I think the meta ethics of the creation of 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 a sound, and and I think to to kind of go thorough about it, and I, what I kind of made an example with you was uh, when I made an example when I was talking with you was the one that we can't, we're born into it without even knowing when yeah. we're in a womb. In our, in our parents' womb, like in our mom's womb, we we are listening to the organs moving, the, the organs, the heart beating, everything going. When our mom eats, when she swallows, when the stomach growls, like we are constantly hearing all that shit for nine months. And when we pop out the womb, it's nothing. Just blank zero zilch and you know like that's why it's like it's a thing the metronome is a thing our original metronome is our mom's heartbeat so try teaching people that and i think that's where the key to successful music is and i think people have found that i mean what's russ's situation russ tells you right like i I was on campus. I wasn't feeling shit. I was getting too high. And I had my computer right there. And I was looking outside of campus. And Kanye West had just dropped graduation day. And we just learned that that shit took like five years to drop. Because of a Damon Dash. 
Do you understand the, implic- the implicity of all of this shit? No, that's... And look at Russ now. Nah, you you know, you make great points. Um, you know, you have my mind lit up in a different, a bunch of different things. Because um, I, I want to touch on some of these things a little further that you talked about um, real quick. One of the things you said was about um, Kanye's, what it took for Kanye to do, um, to in like that foresight that he had, you know what I'm saying? Because um, he's a controversial person, like not my favorite person at all times, but uh, definitely somebody yeah. who you need to, who you need to observe and uh, and appreciate for what he did for music, like you said, shifted sounds, but also for the calculus that kind of changed with some of the initiatives that he started and things like that. Um, but you know, but it is like what you say now kind of links back to that as far as Dame didn't want to release, um, Kanye because he, it wasn't because he didn't think he could rap. I don't think, I think it was really just because we on this hard shit. We on this, you know, thug street shit, which is fine. It has its place. But, um, and, but the problem was they didn't think there was room for anything different. Um, and so when you talk about like the timelessness and, and, uh, and man, cause even that part you talked about as far as like, cause I didn't even take it to the level that you took it to. I was just thinking about like how your parents listen to music and shit like that. And so like the music that your parents were listening to, you are psychologically attached to your mother in certain ways, just because like you said, you develop, you know, in her womb and shit like that. And so you feel the emotional responses, you feel certain things. Um, and so just like certain music, like you said, finding that sound at, cause one thing I've learned in my musical journey is like, I like to rap and I'm not a horrible rapper. I'm, I think I'm pretty good when I'm on, but I'm not a rapper. I'm a singer. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so like, there might be some time where I rap because I'm feeling it and shit like that. But when I'm at my best as an artist, it's when I'm singing. That's cause I grew up on soul music. I grew up on, you know, R and B. I grew up right. on shit that was like funky and shit like that. Like I'm, I'm an old soul because of those foundational things. And so there's a foundational piece of music and understanding music um, that, you know, I think is, that's, that's, I'm starting my development working with artists on a small scale and stuff like that right now. And it's like getting people to understand, like you got to find what your frequency is. Like you got to find where you feel comfortable in making music. You can't think about, Oh, well this, and that, that takes a long time for most people. Um, Yeah. But but, you know, like that's just something that I'm sure you you've dealt with in the process of finding and developing talent and working with different artists and things like that is. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I think and I think if you want to ask me, like, what's the key to all that? It's Mm -hmm. given the space and not given yourself as the ultimate precursor for it. You have to take a step back and allow it. And there's anything you can do. The best thing you can do is fail at it. This is what I'm Facts. saying. The criticism in here is that is that like Damon Dash should have just failed because what would he have to lose? What the fuck would he have to lose? We're putting in it on his label a different sound, like an RCA, like a Columbia, like a Sony, because that's what they do. What, what do you, What do you think? And 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 this this is very key because I mean I hope people are listening because we live in a fucking culture where we give our jobs and this is, this is real. This is really, I call this street nepotism, write this shit down. Street nepotism with the moment we pop off, we give our jobs to our own people. 
and our cousins get their jobs and our best friends get their jobs and then our cousin's cousin get the jobs and they don't have the same trade that you should be given these jobs for people to. And so shit just goes away. So what happens when you actually take full control and these people are in ultimate control and they have an experience because bro, we're human beings and all of these people, and especially because we're black and brown we're, and well, all people are smart, but I always like to say like, I always like to empower my colored people. It's like, we're here now. Feel me? Like we used, we we're always oppressed and we're still oppressed as fuck, but like we're here now. And like, you know, I love to see like, you know, I mean, like I love to see like an artist, like, you know, without his shirt with the chains on or all iced out looking like African or like brown color skin Kings. I'm glad we're not savages anymore. Cause we used to look like that. And we used to like kill people in the name of God. So that's shitty, but shout out to, Shout out to our ancestors who used to look fire with gold and looking fine. We're bringing that back for us colored people. So I'm empowered to say that. So like, we're mass smart. We mass smart. We mass smart. We fuck up because we have the satisfaction to like, to like, you know what I'm saying? Like fulfill this sort of like system. When in reality, all, all, all we really need to do is touch back on ourselves. So again, to, to the, I think there was a point that I'm kind of missing right now. I kind of went on a little rant thinking of like my, my, my powerful color skin and, and, um, and how, and, and how I like to see it thrive. Right. Here we go. Now, because we're smart, we make the wrong decisions. Like you, I, if I, if I, if I, let's say my homie artist, shout out Mula, right. Pushing on my heart right now. We got mad catalogs. We pushing super, super hard his content right now. Let's say we get one hit and like, we do something really significant. Then, like, I really need something to satisfy this sort of, like, gap of production that I now have to fill because his production is getting bigger and bigger. And I put my cousin, and he didn't do shit ever in music. My cousin do his job. I help him do his job. He learned. I give an opportunity because it's my cousin. Like, he's my cousin. Shout out my cousin, bro. He be calling me always looking for a job. Put him in there. Teach him everything. Two, three years. He's going to know what he's supposed to do, whatever. He gets empowered, right? Because I don't know who he really is, or I'm sure, I'm not sure that he's got it like me. He could be looking at the next motherfucking Bobby Brown. He could be looking at the next motherfucking Alicia Keys. And he said, nah, man, that's ass. I'm out. And you'll be walking out the room. Where the fuck is my representation in that? So, we have that, bro. And I and I will not say who, I will not say names, I will not say camps, but if look at my Instagram, look at Bush Productions, shout out to all my artists. All of you guys have gotten me there. But we've touched and rubbed shoulders with so many stars. We've seen camps, production camps of so many of them. We've we've shook hands to their managers, to their people, to the executives. I said, I'm not gonna name names. They ask. They ask. Because I'm out here thinking if I would have that budget, my man. And so again, and there's a lot of them who are super fire. They're leading the, they're leading most, most of, most of culture. So shout out to them for sure. And I'm also not going to name names. So I fuck all that. But in reality, you don't, it's not, you know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't, we're, we're not in a culture. We're not in a culture where we're like, we're actually being fulfilled by this. And there was a moment in time where, where, where hip hop had this. And it was before the bravado. And the reason why we shut it down because it was fucking scary and the system did it. And that was the times of Africa Bambada. That was the times of, of, uh, of um, uh, Tribe Called Quest. Uh, Mos Def comes out of there. 
Tupac comes out of there. Um, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, fuck this huge artist, man. What's her name? Fuck. Like, I hate forgetting. Uh, no, um, well, before Missy Elliott, man, what's her name? She's an actress now, man. Come on. Uh, Queen Latifah, man. Queen Shout Latifah. out to oh, yeah, Latifah, yeah. man. How can I forget that great name, bro? But like, all these people come out from there. But look what happened. You see what happened with Tropical Cold Quest? You see what Q-Tip ended up doing, bro? He did it. Hypnotize or some shit. They kept the African sound, but they went market and they shaped hip-hop forever. That's the space that I'm talking about where motherfuckers didn't know what to do. Before that, we had we had an industry where it was, you know, beautiful music and powerful shit. The visuals were crazy. Sometimes the songs didn't even make sense. But they were cool as fuck. And the visuals were wild. And it's all about African fucking movement and momentum and the the the, the post-apartheid, you know, just like feeling. Like what I was saying before, I feel it sometimes, bro. Like I'll be in the VIPs and I'll be looking at little baby and he'd be wilding out with the chains, bro. And I'd be like, bro, yes. <laughs> like you that's not extra. We need that, we need to see that. And so like. The reason why I'm saying that, bro, is because if we didn't have that, we would have space for music. It is the case that the Diamond Dash situation is a perfect example on how it's a prolonged thing. So, like, the, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Um, the A&R, Clive. It's a, uh, the Clive Institute of Recorded Studies is named after him. Forget his first name. I'm getting his first name, but... Clive was a was a uh, an A and R who who went around and saw this shit. Right, he was one of the last ones to fucking like do this shit for real. He found Jefferson Airplane. He found, uh, uh, yeah. If you can research his first name, bro, he found Jefferson Airplane. He found uh, he found Santana. He found Whitney Houston. Do me like he found Willie Nelson. Like he found everybody. Oh, it was and Clive it Davis. wasn't all one. Clive Davis. He found everybody. And and he was going around and like giving spaces to people and sounds that he would have never listened to himself. And I think I learned from that. That's the key, right? Like um yeah, I mean shout out Clive Davis, shout out the Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music, man. That's my uh, that's my forte. I did a whole certification there. Learned a lot, everything a lot. I'm not talking out of my ass. I'm talking out of instructors, professors, and also out of the knowledge of my own research in music. Because this is where we come from. The expressive sound of, of music. And this is what we're having the discussion about. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? You have to open up the spaces and you cannot be, you cannot have street nepotism. When you have a system of, of work that's prolific, when a system of work that's knowledgeable, you'll be able to get there, bro. And a lot of people have done it. A lot of people have done it. Smart people. Shout out 10K Projects because I'd be, I be, I be looking at the way that they move. They got, I think, Ian Dior on their team. They got um, mm. uh, they got they used they they had Takashi Six Nine. They have Trippy Red, and they they these are people who and this is uh, I think uh, uh, Alien Grange um um label and and he's a visionary right like <clears throat> he's low key he's low key a millionaire and all that like he's he's doing his thing right there's no 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 wrong with that but like and ain't not a lot of people like that and ain't not a lot of people thinking like that without that power which makes it more powerful for us. It's very little of that. And then once we start, once they start looking at us like that, like I, I'm getting offers, like 
in, in a little scale I'm not trying to be like Oh I'm getting offers everywhere right? Like I'm, I'm trying to get my foot In the no, door talk, inside Talk labels, your shit right? <laughs> Talk your shit But like You know what I'm saying Like I, I'm trying to keep independent Until cause like I go to a label And what do I do I'm like yo Check out my artist You know Yams Ace up yams bro Because this is the reason Why I was mentioning The Damon Dash shit Cause that shit Is a culture that happens Mostly in New York City And I will put my hand On y'all niggas necks on this You know why Because this shit Has gotta stop Cause at the end of the day, Rocky wouldn't be Rocky if it wasn't for Yams busting his ass trying to get Jim Jones to get off his ass from letting fucking uh, Cameron go with letting them rock. If it wasn't That's for them true. niggas opening all across the little shows that they had in PA, New York, Boston, in that little whack ass tour that the diplomats did because it was kind of whack because the niggas was tired and all like all like bellied out and shit like you know what I'm saying like. <laughs> motherfuckers pay money to see them live and they were kind of like, you know, Cameron didn't do a really good performance, but like, but they brought the mob out and everyone was like, oh! And I went home and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, the gang is crazy. And so, but in the back end, they have to fight to be on stage, bro. That's not fair. That shit is not fair. And look, and look at them now, bro. I'm, you know what I'm saying? What is everybody else doing? This one Yams, bro. Rest in peace, fucking Yams, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all were shutting us down in 2011, 2012. Like, like we were the new New York. And nobody wanted to listen. Nobody wanted to listen. We was listening to Future pop off with Tony Montan. We was listening to Meek Mills and, and the beef that they was having. Like, nobody wanted to listen to the city. We was building our own sound. And look at us now, nigga. They still want to shut us down. And that's what, to me, that shit is the reason. The Damon Dash and sometimes the Jim Jones. Look at what he said two weeks ago. He missed out on Drake, bro. (laughs) What? He was drunk as hell. Drunk as hell. In the fucking, in the drink champs. Talk about how I could have signed Drake. Bro, you don't say that. You don't say that. Unless you're drunk, you don't say that. You don't say that. Why would you even mention that you almost signed the biggest? Why would why the why the fuck would you talk about it now? Yeah, like that's, that's like saying I you drafted drunk. Jordan. <laughs> it's like we we could have drafted Jordan number it's, one, like but we took Sam Bowie. Like no, it's just wack, bro. And that's why I'm, I get heated because it's like you know what I mean. It's like these are the it, it, we the, in our in all industry and we call it in our industry we call it gatekeepers. The gatekeepers. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate that term. Shout out to all you gatekeepers. I hate that term. There ain't no such thing as gatekeepers. You know I mean like people be telling me like, "Yo, bro, I'm gonna send your artist to some of the gatekeepers in the city." But like, you know I mean, fuck that, bro. Fuck the gatekeepers. There ain't no such thing. If you consider yourself a gatekeeper, bro, you're just an A and R. You find talent, take it somewhere. Period. I mean, I mean, the the gatekeepers to me, honestly, are, are is is money. That's the real. That's the biggest gatekeeper is. is because once you have money, you can buy the market, you can buy the production, you can buy the things that that you need. And um, I mean, that's just the language of this country. Um, so I'm not going to lie, bro. Mullah and I, to a year and a half ago, when we knew we was buzzing, we had some good content. We were showing it underneath. We were showing it like behind the scenes to people. So, yo, what do you think about the shit? The shit's we, we you know, what I mean, shout out Mullah again, bro. He's a, a fucking songwriter, composer, singer. Um, he's the whole nine, the whole nine on top of artists. And when you look at it, we was pushing this sound. We was pushing this, like, this vision. We was pushing this sort of, like, image of this, like, you no, know, shout out Mula, you know what I'm saying? Caucasian, white artists, everybody's in their minds about that. Like, you know, the Jack Harlow shit had just popped off. We had this whole plan. And they was just shutting it down, bro. Like, oh, nah. 
or like, oh yeah, maybe. But it's like, and then we did it ourselves. And now those same people are like, oh, bro, bro, bro. and it's like, yeah, it's cool. It, no wrong energy, no wrong energy at all. It's all good. Nah, normal. We assumed it. it's okay. It's, it happens, right? But it's like, you feel me? It's like there's no, there's no position. And and now these people are like, oh, they're like either entwined or now because of what we're doing, the only thing we're left for us to do is like go to the gatekeeper. So suck a dick. Feel me? And I, oh, I wish I could just shout out names right now, but I'm not going to because that's not fair to nobody. What's fair oh, is that the audience gets the information of of a struggle of sound, right? Because we can claim that right there. Put it right here on our on our podcast. The struggle of sound is that the the Yeezy story, the story of of yams. The poor man started as a delivery dude. He had to go into deliver at at, at Diplomat Records and their offices and. And bring like a couple of boxes and say, yo, listen to my artist. He's on I. And it's a bunch of niggas in gang vocals saying, I fucked your bitch, nigga. She sucked my dick. You know, it's like maybe people were like, nah, man, that's not it. Cause you had, you had, you know what I'm saying? You had like Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? Cameron, Jim Jones. It's like, how the fuck is this man gonna make it with his shit? Nobody listened to his, nobody wanted to listen to his shit, bro. No, there were some I little people that. in those in those spaces I gave him. Shout out Karen Civil and all those people who gave him the space. Those people gave him the space for him to actually rock. Karen Civil was working in that, and he gave him the space. That was giving his buddy. No, and now man, we have Rocky, Ferg, a bunch of people. Culture shifted in New York City. That's interesting because you know, like I think just being a little younger, still trying to learn more about what goes on and um, you know what's happening. You don't really get to see. The reason, because I mean, music is definitely still very uh, much more universal and stuff like that. And, and you know, spilling into each other. But there's still regional aspects to music that dictate how things develop. Like it, you can pop off, but I don't think a lot of people understand just how um, how important it is um, to have the connections in your own region, in your own part of the country, as well as connections outside and to other markets and other groups of people. But, um, you know, there's so much that goes into that. Could you talk about some of that, like that relationship building and, and the, you know, the behind the scenes, the uh, inner workings of, you know, the regional connections that are made and developing artists and, you know, um, some of the um, things that go into, you know, kind of building up your presence and your artist presence. Um, with it before you know before you make that leap to the national or the other things like that because you can you can go viral you can you know have notability or notoriety in other markets but the thing that's going to allow you to build out from what i've heard um and learned is more so like having the people from where you're from know you and mess with you and rock with you if that makes sense yeah yeah so take over the United States, y'all. The U.S. is your playground. It is yours. You, when you file, and all artists should definitely be doing this, filing for their ASCAP or their BMI, get your IPI, your, your interested person um, identification number, which is, it, it, it's not necessarily an intellectual property identification number, it's an interested um, person, such as you. So whatever is yours, claim it. Get your IPI number and go crazy. 
Like, go crazy. Like, make your sound. Have people like you in your region. Start with your region, then go outside of that region and work around it. Have collaboration. Speak with people. We're in the internet, man. Like, back in 93, I was already like, yo, age, sex, location. You're like, where you at? And then, like, people that were my age, my sex, or the opposite. I mean, like, yo, let's link. Like, we used to do this. Like, we've been doing this. It's like, you can do it with music. And, and, and shout out to those who do it, man. Like I get bombarded so much or my artists get bombarded and we have an ethos with my, with my gang. Nobody gets left on scene. Nobody gets left on red. We answer to everybody. We listen to everything. We are always there trying to help the collaboration. Sometimes we don't do it and we explain why. And most of it is because the quality is not up to part and we cannot just disengage into what we have it. But we let someone know that. Everybody that contacts us, we respond like if we were in prison. Because we are. This is a fucking prison. We want to get out and we want to explore and give out to people. And so that's huge. And we teach that to our artists. Have an open mindset. Open yourself to others. And when you actually become more successful, keep doing it. And then continue to open it for others who are coming underneath. If you don't do that, then all this shit is just phony. Because... That's how you see me, uh, Tony. I'm in LA. I'm in Cleveland. I'm in Chicago. I'm in Texas. I'm in Florida. I'm in New York. I'm in Boston. I'm in PA. I'm in fucking Atlantic City. Like, I'm there. You need me, I'm there. I don't have an excuse. I mean, shout out all these, these, um, I mean, we have, we, you have to, sometimes it's difficult, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, shout out all those involved in Bushwick who make this shit happen, right? Like, it's not easy. It's not easy to just go and fly out and spend money. Uh, I'm not also saying, like, be realistic, right? Like, but you could do it, right? Like, you can have a collaboration. Like, I remember my, I was traveling to Virginia to shoot a video and make a song, and I had to sleep on the floor. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I got the so the song didn't even go out. The song wasn't even released. You know, like, when I had to do that. Yeah. And so, like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's... It's not easy, bro. And like, and I don't even got it. Like, it's not even like we got it, bro. Like we're making me or a couple of grand and this music shit. And you know, you know how much money it takes to, to make a record. A record goes like a half a grand. If you really want to get technical, a real record should take at least a half a grand to be made. And that's like basic principle. And, 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 you know, and then you spend another grand or two in promotion. Maybe if you're like, you know, kind of basic just to get something going. Cause the real, the real work is after you actually have the, the content release. Like a lot of artists that I work with, they, they, they'll make, or I used to work with, <laughs> I used to work with, uh, they make, they'll make a record and then they'll, they'll release the record and they'll be like, ah, I can chill. I'm cool. <laughs> nah, and it's like, getting started. This work just started. You like, just getting started. That was yeah. the basic basis. Like, the double B's, boy. And it's like, you know, it's fucking... I, it, I, it's, God, I'm sorry, bro. it's so crazy. But that's, you know, shout out to them because that made me stronger. Me seeing that in, into people. That's how you... That's how That's how you know an artist is an artist and an artist is not. You could be talented. A lot of people are talented, but people are not artists. And that's when you need a manager. Shout out Bush Productions. Shout out Chapu. Call me whenever you you know the vibe. I feel you. I mean, we definitely it's reality. It's just reality. We no, nah, I feel that. Um, cool, cool. I mean, I don't want to uh, 
there's some other things I want to get to. I don't want to keep it too long. Um, but um, no, 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 bro. We're locking in into how long ever it would take. I'm just gonna keep going. This is cool. This is important, bro. You're gonna put this out in the world, and people are gonna get to listen to some of the little rants, little chop be saying, <laughs> but because they're very important for the for the common person like you and I, bro. Because like at the end of the day, these are the shit that I be trying to tell people. It's like, bro it's costly to work with me, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to say that, bro. It's costly to work with me. Not everybody can work with me. Shout out to all of you guys. All Every single artist that works with me pays me, bro. And I'm trying to tell you, like, it's not just royalties cataloging. Like, I make a living off of my artists. So shout out to you guys. But like, but like, um, it's not about that. You feel me? Like, it's not about me collecting your money. It's not about picking up cents and dollars it's about like creating such a powerful movement that like you know what i'm saying like i want to be clive davis bro like mm-hmm. i want to be able to to say you know clive davis told whitney houston when she sold when so clive davis had a song i forget the name of the of the of the artist but it was a caucasian artist super popular kind of up-and-coming singer from like somewhere in central america she was in central central united states and she was doing mad fire music so Clyde Davis had I want to I want to dance with somebody for 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 her, and he's he kind of found Whitney, and he's like, "Yo, try this shit." And then Whitney destroyed the song, the song released, and it sold millions. And then the first million, she was like, kind of like, "Yo, I can't believe it!" Like we could chill. Like he was like, "No, we gotta make more records that sell more millions." Wow. And then like this is a thing that. We know about Clive Davis and Whitney Houston, and it's like a thing that we go to in 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 a, in the classroom, so we can say like that's where the real work starts. You sell a million copies, it's not just a philosophy like oh yeah, I sold a million, I'm just gonna go for more. No, it's more like you. It's there's there's a system behind that intensity, and that con- that in, that that system creates the consistency to be where you're at. This is what happened for to sure. Little Nas X, bro. That's why people for wanted sure. to shit on him and shit. But he didn't give us just the one hit wonder. Now he's a fucking icon. So yeah, bite nah. that shit, bro. Like, I don't want to, I don't care how many people shit on him, how cool you are because you're not fucking with the gays. The dude's an icon. And you have to study how he got there in order for you to fucking do something then just release a song and then think you got it. No, for sure, man. There's I'm telling so much, you, bro. Like, you know, that took me a long time hey. on my own artist career to like really conceptualize. And I mean, you can't fault yourself for what you don't know, but there are, there's a difference between people who don't know and who willingly don't seek out information because I feel like they're um, as much as, as much as being artists, like you said, is talent. It is about the determination to learn and get better and at least hustle on some level. Like not every person who's successful is an artist, but um, every artist who's successful has learned how to hustle has learned how to um, acquire information and information comes in a lot of different ways, you know, what's good. We back. We had a few technical difficulties, but it's all good. We here a lot. Chop in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so we was, uh, I was kind of talking about um, the importance of developing. No, no, I was actually, we, I, we were past that. I was talking about the, the, um, what it takes for artists to kind of um, get into that headspace of, of, you know, 
development, you know what I'm saying? Their own development um, as artists, their own ability to, um, you know, uh, really market it out. I think that's what I was talking about, but I, I don't know. But I mean, I think that's a good thing to kind of talk about some more as far as like um, the future of music marketing releases. You know, there's a lot of things with TikTok being something where there's a lot of free new exposure and there's NFTs and there's um, the metaverse and there's all these different um, avenues. Um, and, you know, I think I'm at a stage where I'm really experimental in my um, thing because I haven't really developed the income streams to like continuously invest in these things. So I feel like while that can be frustrating, that's a fun time to poke around and see what works, what doesn't work, um, what trends to try and, you know, get that. But what's your kind of mindset on what artists can do in those in-between stages to get to where you are, where you're servicing artists and stuff like that. Like, can you give us an overview of some of the steps you think artists should continue to take outside of just the, you know, the, you know, the ASCAP and BMI stuff is crucial, but what other things can artists be thinking about doing or have you seen, you know, and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I think what an artist should really, in order for you to get to a successful kind of like pathway in in a sense or, or another. You can hear me well, though. I know it's raining, but you can hear me well? Yeah, you're good. Okay, so so I think I think the the, the importance here is what we call in, well, in, not in necessarily in industry. I mean, I call it an industry that what we know as agents for the human being, right? There's one thing to have personality. There's one thing to have, um, to be a human as a form of life exists, right? So, to be to be known as to have gender, whatever um, you uh, uh, designate yourself as to be. But before all that is what we call in philosophy um, agency, which is which is who we are, really, like, who we are. A lot of people connect that agency to the zodiac signs. People say, you know, "Oh, you're a Leo. You're toxic." Like you know what I mean? Like oh, you're like you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> so I so I think I think what 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 we're doing that is kind of like in touching into our agencies as people. We assume these agencies because of the days we were born and because of the you know moon cycles, right? Whatever. But in reality, you know, let's say that's the case or not. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, whatever it is, you have an agency. Your job is to try <clears> to figure <throat> out what that is. So once you find that agency. Once you find that reason, it gives you sort of like a, a hack into knowing who you should be in life. And that hack is what I call, it's the start of everything. The genesis is what I call it. I call it the genesis. And mm. finding the genesis of an artist is my job. It's what I do mm. for a living, my boy. And I think, and I think the, the, that genesis is what develops into the artist that they will become. Or at least I, I cannot fail at that. And like somebody else better come and untap it. But the job is that that's what it's got to be found. And so, and so what we learn in the classroom, right? Because at the end of the day, I'll just give you some knowledge of, of some of the technicalities that I was able to learn in academia in the, in, in, in the Institute of Music at Clive Davis. Where I attended, um, is that the once you find the agency, you then kind of like transfer that and you bring it into the physical form, as in like you become the artist 
you become the artist and that artist is what becomes the audience, right? That, that, that artistry is what we were talking about. Uh, bring, will bring the audiences, uh, uh, an artist, an artist or an artist system, right? Will always have the publicist, the music manager, the lawyer, the label, the agent, the regular manager, the publisher, right? Like all these people, even the fucking stylist, like they all fit in, but in the music industry as like yourself as an industry, like your body as an industry, that person's agency is what should be industrialized. And you, you gotta be careful. Cause like, you know what I'm saying? This is when people trip out when you're like, you make songs. You're like, oh man, it happened a lot in the, it happened a lot in punk. I used to, I, I was a punk kid growing up. I used to listen to, while I listened to hip hop, then again, this is the time where I could not listen to hip hop because I love the dynasty. Jay-Z is woof. I've been listening to Jay-Z since he, before he was even hitting scores on movies. Like before Rush Hour 2, mind you, I was like 11, 12. Like when Rush Hour, when Nora Shower came out and, and, and Hard Knock Lives Volume 2 came out, people were listening to Hard Knock Live, Hard Knocks Live Volume 2. Not because there was the streets and everybody loved it, but because they did a really good job by placing one of their singles in there in the Romeo, in the uh, Rush Hour and that made the song popular. It forced the song for cataloging. It forced the song because all these entities were involved now. Jay-Z was put on the map and maybe shout out Damon Dash. He had a lot to do with it. Or maybe he was fucking with the right people who did that. Because right? at the end of the day, Damon Dash is just like, yo, man, you got to work. I don't know if he does more than that. I mean, he probably does now as an industry man, for sure. But I mean, or not, right? Like think about the, the shots he missed. But it, at the end of the day, those those that position, right, of getting the agency out into the world is what sells the mark, the, the whole the whole artist. So you have to start with that. You your audience is never gonna come though. You're gonna be so confused and dropping out mass songs, doing a bunch of shit. But if you don't know who you are first, and I, and I know it sounds mad vague or or it's kind of like abstract, but like it's literally it's not simple either. I'm not trying to say, but it's literally that. It's as simple as one little thing. So people fucking like, you know, I ask, like, you know, like take a break, like look at your loved ones, like smile more. I don't know, like find inspiration to find yourself and then do music Facts. Like, and then do music. You feel me? Like, and then do music because then the expression becomes different and you find that natural. And then once you know it, motherfuckers is like, yo, that's hard. Like, so for example, I'll give an example of JM, right? Like, I would say that his agency is kind of like this, this kind of like jumpy, you know, fast lyricist, you know, bars his back type of stylist. And he's kind of funny in his rhymes. And he asked me the other day, he was like, yo, you think that's too much? Like, am I saying some like, you know, maybe because he sees that the, you know, there are other rappers maybe in my camp or something that are more kind of like on the tougher sense. Well, I don't know. I really don't know what made him say that. I'm like, bro, that's hard. What are you talking about? He was not doubting himself. He's an artist that knows what he wants. He just asked my opinion. It's like, what do you think? Do you think it's like, you know, what do you think? I'm like, I like it because it's different because I also think it's funny when Eminem dropped and all his funny ass comments and lyrics are hilarious. They were, they were, they build the audience. So I see a kid who is shout out JM to he's 19. I see a kid and I'm like, he's got an agency. He chased that. And so who knows? His audience, if you if you check out his Instagram and stuff like that, his audience is just growing. You never know when we'll speak in a year and a half from now, you'll see how different he is. We can we can say, oh look, that's what we were talking about. Tony, 
But, that, but that's it. That's literally what we're doing with JM. And we're following, we're chasing that agency. We're chasing that sort of like personality of the artist. Hmm. Brother. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, what chase the of- agency, make music after that. You know that. My bad. No, you good, you good. It's the it's, it's the buffer. Uh but what you think about NFTs, man? Just just as somebody who's looking at the market and all that stuff, like what do you is there value in it? Is it just a buzzword? You know, I, I have my own opinions. I don't think it is just a buzzword. I think it's gonna be important, but I think it's a little overblown in some ways as well. I think NFTs are uh, they're necessary and they're important in life. And I think it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing, obviously. But um, I think that in, and obviously cryptocurrency in a sense, it's, it, they're not Ponzi schemes or they could be Ponzi schemes. Maybe they are Ponzi schemes. Right? Sometimes they are. Yeah, but I think, right. right. Like, but I think, I think it's, 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 it's a chance that we take into enhance, you know, like into shape, shape of culture. It could be the case that in a system like the way it is, it is designed in a whole different way. Like for example, web two is designed different than web three, uh, than, than the original web three. Right. So it's like, and then, so, but it's like, you know, like at the end of the day, we're not trading necessarily, you know, it's, they're not, they're just, there are things that are being traded by people. And then when people just decide not to, all that stuff falls. And when there's money involved, you know, it could be really difficult because, you know, we're not just building a new internet for us to communicate, but we're building a new internet for us to commercialize. And as you can see, that commercialization is already trickling down to, or trickling up to the big, to the big leagues. And, and, Soon enough, it's going to be somewhere where if they consolidate it, they'll control it. There will be the what we call in, in crypto, the big whales. And because big whaling exists and the holding philosophy exists, it's always going to be a recipe for disaster. And that could be the way people are thinking that it's Ponzi schemes. So I did stop investing in crypto a little bit. Um, I, I do have gains and I, I've kept them there to see what's up. And if I lose them, that's just what I will lose. But I stopped searching and I am not looking for NFTs at this moment because it is something that I want to um, kind of clap back about. But I am encouraging a lot of the Web3 use. Um, I, I think it's amazing. I, I got myself an Oculus. I love being in the virtual world. I think it's awesome. I like hanging out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to necessarily, I, I'm the broke kid in there. I'm like, oh, I don't got money. I can't show them out. And I just leave out. But like, yeah, like I just, you know, I like the, I like the fun in it. I just don't. You know, I don't think I like, I like this. I like, this is already too much. Like I'd rather be in front of you. Motherfucker. Like I'd rather like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? I, I want to smell your scent. You know what I'm saying? I want to see your face. Like I want to dab I'm you down. That. You feel me? Like, smoke with you. like I don't, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, the web three could be a little difficult, but I fuck with it. But, um, but yeah, NFTs could be watch out, just watch out because it, it, there's no, there's nothing in there. You come in and you, you kind of climb, but there's nothing there. And, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with the dollar. That's what I'm saying. Watch out for putting your money in the bank. Like you put in $5,000 that your granny gave you, or you earn it with your hard work because you went and you fixed someone's car or something. And you put in those $5,000 and then the bank closes tomorrow. Like, you gone. That shit gone, bro. Shit gone. Facts. You got to diversify so, yeah, your assets, like, man. Yeah. The, the dollar doesn't have any backings. We haven't had backings yeah. in the dollar since like the seventies, but we've really, really, really before that, since we lost the gold standard was way before that. We gave, they gave, they gave us a social security system 
in, in, in return of taking the gold standard out of the dollar. So yes, we have a social security system that sometimes does not want to pay us. And when they pay us, pay us very little when we really fucked and, and we traded in for a real standard of our assets. So if I traded this, if I bought this shit with like, with, if I, I would have bought this shit for $50, if it were the case that our dollars would be worth more. This is the reason why this shit's worth 200 and this is worth 150 And then and Yeezy, although he's really, really going against the norm, he really sticking you with $100 before you can listen or play his music. Like, I'm telling you, it's like, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Not everything that, not that, that glitters is gold, dude. For sure, man, look, I wish, that's something I think all artists need to hear, man, because, um, you know, had a situation like last week where uh, um, somebody. Oh. Yeah, repeat that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I said I had a situation last week where um, somebody, a jeweler or whatever, um, they packaged, got sent to my crib or whatever. And like, you know, it's not, it don't take a genius to understand what was probably in there type shit. Like, it wasn't just no regular regular thing, whatever, I could have been like, oh, I got me some ice now. I can go do whatever. But the way my mind works um, is that I value connections and karma, you know what I'm saying, over, uh, over you know, the... Yeah, and I mean... If you're like, to tell me so, you gave that shit back, man, that's respect. I mean, I did, and that's it's cool. not even on the, not no, like, bragging shit. That's just, that's just how I was raised. That's just, no. you know, I didn't want the, you, you know, I don't want the negative that. energy. You got to... You got to brag that because you got to broadcast good energy. That's the point. Like, we have that's to fair. broadcast good energy. And that's what For you're sure. doing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I want to be in this podcast and I want to be on the fire side. Because <laughs> it's, you know what I'm saying? It's because we, we, we're we putting out content that people could benefit from. And I'm all about that, bro. Listen to me. One thing that you have to tell an artist is this. Everyone has a history. Every single human being that follows you, that writes to you. That, like really likes you that goes yo bro I can't believe you like can't believe I saw you live I can't believe you gave me a hug because it'd be like that I'd be like you know I I work with mm. artists pro bono and sometimes I work on on you know there'll be weekends that I have to work with artists and stuff like that. and I'll be having to work their admins and it's like you know and I see I see it and then like part of my input into their lives is like yo, you, know, you can do this like you can you can put more emphasis in this and that shit could develop way more. And then when they do it, they see climb ups and their engagements and shit. And it's like, you know, it's like that's that's the C prickly shit right there. Like, you know, you you have to do you have to think that every human has a story. And because that story exists, like you have to have compassion to it. And and that is the truth, bro. Like everybody's born this small little hole in like little baby. And they become, you know, that weirdo that like assassinates sixty people. So it's like, it, really, it takes a lot to understand that. But, you know, I mean, I've been, I've, I mean, I've been doing that shit for like, for years. Like I've been studying about it, like, you know, on some existentialist level since undergrad. Um, and shout out to me, nigga, I'm 36 years old. You feel me? Like, you know, I've been walk a little bit longer on earth. So it ain't I like, you know, that, no. a lot of the time, this is, you know, shout out to all these labels. This is what they look for. They look for people who are wise, people who have walked the walk, people who have experience and, and that doesn't mean that you got to be an asshole. You got to open up your eyes. You got to be humble. You got to be like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe that person's right. You know, and, and the, we, we, we still have to fight that as, as a human, as a human species. We have not developed. 
I hope we develop soon to be like this crazy all people where we're like, I kind of feel like people in, in outer worlds is when you really think about it, like if the moon were to explode right now or the sun would have like, well, the moon, let's say that if the moon were to explode, we would have, we would have that experience eight minutes after that. So science shows that we are delayed by eight minutes to what was happening. This is, you know, when you see a bomb explode, you don't hear it. You know what I'm saying? You see a bomb, it goes, you see it, but then you hear the sound and it impacts you like seconds later. It's, that's called relativism. It's, we see it, but it's the future. This is how Albert Einstein used to be like, yo, bro, we can time travel. Because if that shit happened already, like, look. So there's this shit. really specific, you know, yeah. So this really specific specificity makes me think like, yo, there's people, because at the end of the day, like, we, we see that shit like open, like, like the sun and then like us around it. But in reality, it's a spiral. And like, like time, is, you have to see like, everything's like this. It expands, right? And it's forever expanding. That's what they say, right? It's expanding forever. It keeps on going. But our part, it's like, it's a spiral. So because it's a spiral, this is how Einstein was able to talk about space-time. He believed that space-time is, is different than the time that we have already the world. And space-time allows us to travel. So I feel like there are people in the future that are like us that are already evolved. And those people are amazing. Those people are like super fire and they could hover and they can like, and they're not assholes. They're like, <laughs> it's us evolved it's, in yeah. the future. Facts. You know? And cause we evolved. We call them aliens, you know? nigga. Cause we evolved. That's what I'm saying. Like, and there could yeah. be gods in the evolutional world. Like that's cool too. I fuck with that. It could be like a God that made us, but like we evolved. That, that doesn't mean that we're not, we don't come from, a, a, an evolutionary <laughs> state of mind, like maybe God made plankton, nigga, like the fuck. And we came yeah, out of you know, like, you know, it's it's mad funny that you bring that up, because uh, I feel like I so I broke my brain over summer, like just getting into the existential shit for a long time, like got depressed for a little bit because I was like, man, I can't figure none of this shit out, and then it took a break. It was like. Yeah, I was like, I took a break. I was like, you know what, bro? I'm going to just stop thinking about it for a little bit. I'm going to just live my life. Um, <laughs> That's the most existential thing you could ever do. Literally. Yeah, bro. You should be like, so bro, you, I just... You, I, you made it. You made it. Yeah, bro. Like, I, I just... I'm alive, <laughs> so fuck it. And then, like, you know... Um, but yesterday, I was looking that shit up and get, or, you know, listening to it. And then got right immediately to the... Immediately got back to, yeah, let me just relax again. But, no, but that's... A, I, I think about these things near constantly as far as like, I was never like a science expert, but especially during the pandemic, you know, I had a lot of time. So I was, you know, reading about, you know, relativity, you know, existentialism. Uh, who was I thinking of? Um, yeah. Marcus Aurelius, stoicism, you know, like these different um, kind of ideas of, of philosophy and like how we are perceived and move through time. And I feel like, I don't, you know, I try not to miss words too much and like say colloquialisms, but I feel like there's a uh, magic that exists, not necessarily in the sense that like, fit, you know, like it's beams coming out of our hands and shit and magic yeah. wands, but like the ability to really manipulate and I, maybe not manipulate, but influence your environment, influence your reality. Um, going back to that agency piece, you know, going back to the fact that we're not the end all be all of perception. Right. And so we might perceive this as true to our reality as we know reality, but there might be other underlying elements of nature that, you know, inform 
our ability to create. And it doesn't really matter what has or what hasn't created us. I feel like we always exist. If that makes sense, like there's, yeah, it makes you're always look, existing. And at, the end of, yeah. at the end of the day, we, we're the oldest thing on, on our knowledge is, is, um, uh, you know, the galaxies and the stuff, because the more we know about them, the more we realize what the fuck this shit has been around for billions and billions. So we're like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the oldest shit. Right. And then we also understand that we come from that. Like apparently we're, we're space dust that ended up in the creation of things that are living. So if we say that we're that, then we also have to accept that we are all made up of an energy. We're energetic beings. We're only seeing a form in, in complexity and complexion because of the way our eyes kind of evolved into what we see. So we see the physical form, but in reality, it's all energy just put together, what we call the matrix, right? But all that shit put together. And what we see is this, but because we're made up of energy, all those things are frequent. So for example, to exp to use your experience as an example, you attracted, it's, we call it positive energy, but it's really a certain type of energy that benefits you in a sense because of whatever is going on. We call it karma. But what you did was just you extended that energy and kind of like, you know, there's some people who, it, this is the alchemism, like, like for real. Like there's some people who can manipulate that. This is how people get away with mad shit. Like, <laughs> I was like just... the super, yeah, like it's, it's, but we have to, you know what I'm saying? It starts with actually seeing this, understanding it, rah, rah, rah. And having those headaches and saying, fuck, I can't do this no more. But in reality, like, <laughs> that's a perfect example. Like you are being an alchemist by saying, let me give this jewelry back because, and you can tell me the connections or this or that, or you know what, man, I shouldn't, I don't know where, like, I really needed the money. Like I should have just flipped it. Like maybe I could sit in the car with a bunch of niggas and be like, man, you are a fucking goof. You could have smoked. But in reality, it's like only you will be able to. Can determine. But, you know, and you work with alchemists. So the good alchemists will always, like, that's how motherfuckers end up successful because of alchemists. They, they are those. And so I'm, I'm an alchemist myself, bro. I try to, that's, that's where I'm at. That's, people look at me like, wow, Chop, you fucking, like, you're the man. Like, I'm like, I'm just, I found my agency. I don't, I'm, I'm the shortest nigga in the room. And I'm like, shit like that don't <laughs> affect me. You know, like, little shit like that. And it's like. Facts. That's alchemy. That's alchemy, bro. Like you have no idea. Like I'd be, it'd be wild. It'd be wild. It'd be wild out here. Not, but it's and I alchemy. mean, you have to follow it. Yeah. And and I think that's like what I was getting at too. Essentially, is that you know, like of course I could have like picked out the diamonds and did whatever, whatever, and sold it off and shit like that. But like, bro, I feel like something that a lot of niggas don't nice. get to understand it is like how much the work, the same work you put in to do the fuck shit, it might not confer faster if you do the same work into some, doing some real <laughs> yeah, shit. Exactly. But, but it'll, it'll, it'll get, you'll yes. get so much higher yeah. from this, like, but the like real I thing, get this nigga, what? you know, when, go ahead, go ahead. Bro. Live forever, Tony, when the, I would say live forever, Tony, when the real niggas die, fake niggas gonna multiply. Shout out, Fox, bro. he wrote that with Juicy J. For real, facts. it's true, bro. Multiply, bro. We have to multiply. Real niggas have to multiply. That's the only problem, right? Just real niggas have to multiply. That's why I'm here at the fire, like fireside. Like we have to multiply. Period. For if sure, we don't yeah. multiply, fake things are gonna multiply. Period. Like it's over. Like, we don't want that. We definitely don't want that. But you were saying, nah, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, I think that was just that's the essence of you know. What I try to do is like, bro, if you on the type of time where you're trying to really 
impact people positively if you're really trying to, you know, like make connections and be well. Like, and that don't even mean on some like, oh, that's gonna be my new best friend or he about to hook it up. It's just knowing that another nigga know that you solid. Another nigga know that you moving forward in your shit. And so like niggas can respect that. And like for me, that's what I'm all about. Like I don't gotta be the scariest nigga in the room. Like you said, I'm I'm five foot eight on a good day. Like you know what I'm saying? Five not a good day. I mean, um, you know, look, I gotta I gotta up it a little bit. No. But I'm just, five but, two on a good day shit. <laughs> shit. Five but that two don't mean on a good day. shit. But motherfuckers will have you thinking that being a man is about physical attributes. Or like you said, the glitter shit. When really, all I've ever cared about as a young adult is just going into a space and being respected for what I can contribute and, and being able to positively give back and feel like I made an impact. That's all I care about. The money and all that shit will come. But if I know that we can have a good conversation, that you can respect me, and that if I have one day come and say, hey, yo, child, Hey, I'm thinking about this, this, and this, and you respect me to give me the time. Not say yes or no, but you give respect me to give the time to say, yeah, I will consider this, or I will have this conversation with you. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Or not, nah, maybe this ain't the opportunity for me. I That is so much more to me than a dollar sign. Because if you can go into a room and niggas fuck with you, you ahead, you ahead of the curve, and all that shit gonna yeah. come. That's exactly how I feel. You couldn't have said it this. Yep. Very yeah. well said. But um, let me let's let's start to you know wrap it up a little bit. Um, I have some, I want to have one last question for you. Um, and just I want you you know whether you've mentioned some of your artists, but in general, like who you hearing, who's who's coming up, what organization? You said, I mean you said a lot actually. So like, but are there any more you want to just like really shout out, just show love to and stuff like? Yeah. That? Man, nah, look, shout out, shout out my homies out there in DR, Paulo's music, man. I've been following Paolo's music for a little bit. He's, you know, chopped it up back and forth back in the day about two years ago. Uh, they were promoting their artist, Tokisha, um, kind of, and I was like, you know, super hyped because I, I believe that that shit is going to be like the next hashtag. It still hasn't really popped off yet. It's, it's going to be, Tokisha's the next Cardi B. She's going to be a huge, huge deal in Latin American music, and I think it's going to attract a lot of people, and I think Paolo's is doing a good job. I'm making that connection, and, and you know, I hope to God I can throw a bone out here, Paulus. Come on, throw me a bone. But there's, there's a, there's a lot of shit happening in the Latin world. So I think, I think, um, my eyes right now are in Latin. Um, I'm actually, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, can't say much, but I'm doing something with, um, can't say, but uh, working a lot with Latin and uh, and these labels, man. I'm trying to, trying to open up. There were moves out there, so but uh, but I think Takesha is someone that's coming out of the Dominican Republic right now, and she's getting super hot. And I think uh, she's got a U.S. world tour right now. So shout again, shout out to her. What part of the DR she from? Uh, I think I believe she's from uh, from Macorís, but I don't know. She's not from the capital. She's from uh, mm -hmm. she's from one of the one, one of the small cities. But she's Takesha, T O K I S S C H C H A. Like, okay, cool. Like chat, okay. and um, and so I think she's I think she's coming up. It's gonna develop a lot of different sound, a lot of like vision into the music world in Latin America right now. So that's gonna be really interesting. And um, and next up, uh, Mula, bro. I think I think Mula, Mula. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be like a new wave of 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 rap music, like hip hop music with with a like. A hit of like Posty, right? Like Post Malone, and, and um, 
we are just untapping his acoustic and uh and sort of like songwriting um because he's been writing songs obviously but like we're we're having a different genre so i think i think finding the cross the cross section of that is some is something that um is going to make him kind of like stand out and people are going to be interested in highlighting what he's doing so i think i think he's someone that we should be looking at so shout out Muga, shout out to Keisha. shout out um um else do i think i think i think in regards to um yeah, no, I think that's it. I think people should listen to more Shorty Shorty too. I think Shorty Shorty from LA is pretty good and uh he's like super fire. And I think okay. it's uh super hot. And also this artist Yeet, who's now all of a sudden I've been talking about Yeet for a little bit. Um I think I think recently also Drake kinda just like uh put on kind of blessed him a little bit in December by putting him around like, you know, like all these kids over And I like Gosh. ever ever yeah, I've been listening to it for like a year. And so he's 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 doing his thing too. So shout out you. And um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's that's a perfect example of where the music's going. You know, like is doing like vogue music, music for people, music for LGBTQ people or, or or trans people who are who do who do um what they call um I forget it's not voguing. I think it's called tiki tiki dancing. When it's like it's like voguing, but more it's more of like it's more it has more like audacity than just regular voguing. Voguing is just voguing. Um, but it's specifically with trans with transgender. Um, so, you know, so Takisha just made a, a single and it's going crazy and it hasn't even dropped yet. <laughs> we dropped the snippet and the snippet has already got like millions of TikToks. It's fucking Shit. So, yeah, man. That's, 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 that's the shape in music. Shape TikTok, music. that ain't, that's a bad boy. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok will change your life. Like, uh, if you, if you're consistent, if you're consistent yeah. on um, Man, I'm, I'm just starting to that's tap TikTok, in. TikTok, boy. A little stupid TikToks. I'm trying to get them going viral, but nah, um, jokes. But oh no, no I see real, them. Like, you mad funny, bro. Keep going. You crazy? <laughs> this is funny. I like they're, I they're good. They're, they're like there was. I guess what people what people want to say. Well, I would want to see that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm barely on TikTok. That's another thing, bro. Like I got. That's why I bring them over sure to IG. Like, yeah, I'm always on IG. Um, maybe I should. I mean, shout out to everything. Maybe I, I am kind of slacking on that. My team. I gotta get it. Hey, I gotta man. get a whole TikTok team together, social media team. We we can talk yeah. about it, man. We could we could we can make oh, gotta, some stuff oh, happen. Oh, we gotta yeah, we gotta do this post on the yeah, on the right, like off camera. Yeah, tight, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, man. Um, no, that's what's up. No, those are some dope artists, some dope initiatives and shit like that. Especially you know the LGBTQ representation. You know, like we got love for all people on here. We don't discriminate yeah, type shit. Most Facts, bro. Facts. So you know that's yeah, no, it's um, time. That's um, I wanted to shout out. Uh, I hope I get this right. I think it's called Closed Casket. They a little collective out of Chicago. Um, I just went to see them. Uh, well, I saw a whole little performance uh, called Ground Level that they throw down there in the shot. So I just wanted to sh um, show them some love. Uh, they come out with shit soon, but uh, one of their guys is from Brooklyn. Um, his name is Moses the Marauder. So. Um, He's a uh, he's living in Chicago What's now. What's the collective's he, name? Um, I think it's called Ground Level. Ground Ground Level. Ground Level. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll send you the information. Uh, after we we get done and shit like that, so you can check them out. Um, but they doing some cool for the people type shit right now. Um, coming up, got some cool people in over there. So, um, but yeah. But Chop, I appreciate your time, man. Appreciate the conversations, the gems you dropped. Um, we're gonna keep 
you know, talking in the DMs and, uh, you know, keep building. Oh, uh, hell yeah, dude. For sure. But, um, but yeah, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, we look forward to more conversations and, oh, before I go, let's talk about that, that other podcast. Cause you wanted to talk about that too on air before, before I forget. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I'm starting a podcast called the music concept where we're going to be sitting around with a couple of people and, um, just kind of like answer some questions on, the on, I guess I don't, it's going to start soon. It's, we're going to see how the topic is going to be made. We're working on it right now. We're going to basically give broadcasting to information that artists should have um, in order for them to kind of develop their career. So we not, we have the independency, we have the systems to do it, but we should kind of learn a procedure. I think that right now people are charging for it and we want to bring that to those, to those without any cost. So um, look out for that and shout out to all those people who are involved behind that who are going to be involved that. Uh, but I want to give also a special shout out to everybody at, um, at the uh, 8082 Collective, um, running my boy, G CJ, yourself, Tony, um, everybody fucking, um, Hitsu or how you pronounce his name. I always butcher it. That was good. That. <laughs> no, you good, everybody, bro. You good. Every, everybody out there at the 8082 gang, man, you already know, butcher sure that's your guys. For life. We appreciate and it. It's, it's all it's, love. It's a great thing. So, Shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody who's making music. You know, shout out to um, all, all of you guys contributing to this. And, and uh, shout out to the producers, the engineers, and, and the artists, and the, and the songwriters, the contributors to all the records that we make. Anything and none of this shit would be possible without you. I know I, I'm be in the studio on the asses, but if it weren't for y'all, this wouldn't be this one. This, I wouldn't be here to talk about it, having this place for y'all for, for today. So I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. And then, uh, yeah, hit me up anytime. I may take long to respond sometimes because I'm swamped with messages, but I hit me up. I'll be always, I'm always there and uh, try to find a way to like, you know, catch my, it's not like y'all are commenting like crazy on my shit. So go comment. <laughs> Give me yeah, that engagement. No, if, you me, a, if you need me, you can find me in the DMs. Just shoot a comment and say, yo, bro, check your DMs. I just DM'd you. And I right in there because uh, people don't do that. Like, They'll be buried in my DMs, but then, like, I go and it's like six comments, and it's like, why don't you just tell me my comments? Like, you trying to talk to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so do you that, follow artists. <laughs> yeah, follow up? Yeah, exactly. Keep up. But, right, but thanks, right. Tony. I got you. Thanks, everybody. Out of course. There. All right, man. 